News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Shop online, shopcunis.com. You can shop their network of dealers, and uh, I'll tell you what, that's the way to go about it. That's how I found my truck with Cunis. You shop the network, you find the vehicle that you want. Maybe it's not even at their Quincy location. They bring it down to the Quincy location. Uh, it really is special what they got going on at Cunis Honda Hyundai. So uh, thank you uh, to them for being a part of the show and for uh, hooking me up with my ride as well. All right, lots to get to here on the show today. As we uh, as we get going, though, as always, I want to remind you, if you're listening on the terrestrial radio, as I broadcast live from our KHMO studios here in the heart of the Gem City in Quincy on this beautiful Saturday morning, uh, you can follow the show on our Facebook page. Search On The Mark KHMO on Facebook. Uh, if you're joining us on the Facebook Live, appreciate it as always. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K, H-E-S-P-E-N. Uh, I want to start the show by shouting out the cast of Legally Blonde, the musical at Quince Community Theater. I saw the show. It is terrific. If you have a chance to go check it out, uh, highly recommend uh, seeing the show this weekend or next weekend. They even added a show for next Saturday uh, to give you more opportunities to see it. Uh, we are lucky here in the Quincy area uh, that we get a chance to see really, really, really high-quality theater uh, and done uh, at a level of volunteers, and, and uh, it, it's so special, so special. So uh, go and check it out. All right, let's jump into it. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. You know it's a golf weekend, so we're starting off this show. Uh, as I do, anytime there's a major, unless something crazy is happening in the NFL, uh, if there if there's a major going on, I, I will always give a major in golf my Hespin headline number one. And uh, right now, it is uh, what some people consider the most special possible major, an open championship on the old course at St Andrews. And uh, this is one of those things, you know, for the average golf fan, you may not understand the significance of uh, of St Andrews, the old course, and Golf having the open uh, major here, the open championship, and this this fourth major in golf, um, a lot of people would argue it is the most special possible major to win, a open championship at St. Andrews. Because even though, yes, the Masters is the Masters, every year you have an opportunity to win the Masters. The Open only happens at St. Andrews on the old course, what, every about five years. So if you're a golfer and you are in your prime and you get an Open championship at St. Andrews, you the next time it comes around, you may not be in your prime anymore, uh, which is why Tigers win in 2000 at St. Andrews is so special and why Tigers' failure at this 
Open Championship of St. Andrews feels so significant. Um, it feels like this is the last time the Tiger may ever play St. Andrews. And it feels like it's the last, certainly the last time the Tiger feels like, oh, he's got a competitive chance at St. Andrews. And we start off our conversation. We're going to get to, I think, the meat and potatoes of the Open and what's so unique about this Open here in a bit. But I, I do want to start with Tiger. Uh, he's really emotional as he was walking across the 18th uh, uh, green yesterday. As he's kind of, it seemed like he was saying goodbye to St. Andrews. And what's so unique about golf compared to uh, the NFL, the NBA, uh, baseball, you know, the major sports that we have, is that golf feels like one of those sports where, oh, well, Tiger can show up to Augusta National every year until he's in his 50s. I mean, we've seen Tom Watson do it. You know, you're, you're used Ernie Els competing in the Open. Uh, the guys don't necessarily really have to retire. That they can, they can actually just kind of keep playing golf at a reduced schedule, pick and choose their tournaments, and we get to see them even when they're way past their prime compete. I mean, look at Phil, what he did uh, with the, the U.S. Open last year, winning it in his 50s. Like, there's no reason. We, we just kind of have this feeling as golf fans that, no, no, that'll be Tiger too, right? Tiger will be competing and in majors – He'll be at Augusta National in his mid-50s. He may be having a chance to win a U.S. Open in his mid-50s. But I feel like with Tiger, there is a real possibility that he may just retire. That he may just actually retire from golf and not play competitive golf for majors, for wins, um, and that he will do things like um, pro-ams and charity things. But I, I it, it does feel like this, um, this saying goodbye to St. Andrews for the first time felt like, whoa, 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 we may actually see Tiger Woods retire from the game of golf in the, in the way that we see, you know, Peyton Manning have to eventually retire from football and he doesn't play football anymore. It, it does. It did have that feeling of like, wait a minute, is Tiger Woods done? Done? Will he actually have that moment? Because we've always just taken for granted the fact, like I just said, Tiger will keep playing. Now he may, he may. We don't know what. No one knows what Tiger is going to really do. But doesn't it feel like when you watch that yesterday, it felt to me like, wait a minute, is he giving us the the start of a farewell tour? Of a of a hey say goodbye to me Scottish audience I, you may never see me again actually playing competitive golf really really interesting to think about and and it's the first time since Tiger's come back I mean obviously when Tiger got in the car wreck you thought okay will he ever play golf again but since he came back you're like all right well all right okay Tiger's just gonna pick and choose and pick and choose and we'll see Tiger for the next ten years picking choosing but. After yesterday, there was a part of me that kind of sent that shiver up your spine going, I don't know if we'll ever see Tiger Woods play. Like in the sense where he may actually draw a line in the sand and say, nope, I'm done. This is the end of competitive golf for me. So it's it's something that we have to keep an eye out for as golf fans. I think it's that's a couple years away. 
But it does feel like that's a possibility or that maybe Tiger will really just draw the line to say, well, listen, I'm going to play the Masters and some maybe some other competitive rounds in the state of Florida and some other courses that I like. But um, it certainly felt like a real goodbye to Lynx Golf, to St. Andrews, and to a place that has been so special for Tiger in his career uh, and so special for golf in general. So that 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 really that really was a, a, a unique moment and one that I think us as golf fans will be analyzing uh, for the next years to come. Well, let's uh, flip the strict script. Staying in Hesman headline number one, and what I think that meat of Hesman headline number one uh, as we start the show this morning is that this major is giving us exactly what we wanted since Live Golf entered the fray. We officially have good versus evil. We officially have, are, it feels like we're getting the storyline that we want. The righteous of the PGA versus the money grabbing evil of Live Golf. And Dustin Johnson and Rory McElroy. Dustin's at minus nine. He tees off here in about 20 minutes. Rory's at minus 10, guarding his third round. He tees off uh, in about uh, 30 minutes. And we're going to get today, hopefully, two really great rounds of golf from DJ and from Rory. And the golf world could explode tomorrow morning if you have, in the final pairing or two, Rory and DJ within a shot or two of each other and a shot or two of the lead going into Sunday at St. Andrews for the Open. I mean, the storylines you could get of the good, the evil, DJ and Rory have been the faces of this paradigmal shift in golf over the last two months. They've been the face of it. Rory's been the face and the voice of the right thing to do is to back the PGA to to shame on Live Golf for trying to ruin what golf has built. And DJ has been the face of the Live Tour. The biggest name, the best golfer to jump ship. The one, I mean, yeah, Brooks has more uh, majors right now, but he's not nearly as competitive as DJ is right now. Yeah, Bryson's got his major, but he's not nearly as competitive as DJ is right now. Not nearly as big of a name. Phil is a bigger name than DJ, but he's past his prime. DJ is the prime golfer, the prime name. And the guy who, you know, basically was the first one to say, screw it, I'm taking the money. And the money's more important to me right now than whatever legacy I build with the PGA Tour. So this is, I really, really hope we have a special day today on Saturday. And golf could be set up tomorrow for one of the biggest days in golf history. I'm dead serious. You're at St. Andrews, a massively historic and important course. You have the face of good in golf right now, Rory McIlroy, who is four-time major winner, a, a person who understands the history of the game, who understands the importance of St. Andrews, versus DJ, a guy who could literally care less about history, spat in the face of golf history, is challenging this new era of golf, saying we should only be doing this for the money. And 
if those two forces of that representing the good versus the evil are going toe-to-toe tomorrow morning in 24 hours from now in the final group or two, so imagine if Rory and DJ are the final pairing going into Sunday. I, I mean, you you couldn't – you'd almost have to be like hashtag golf rigged. I mean, it, it would be – such a juicy storyline for us all. But even even if we get tomorrow what we have today, where they're both within a couple shots of the lead. Now, shout out again to Cameron Smith uh, and the and the American Cameron Young. They're playing incredible golf right now, and the wind is just not a factor. When the wind's not a factor at St. Andrews, that's why you're seeing these mega low numbers. And Cameron Smith is certainly a guy who's more than capable and ready to win a major as well. Uh, I do think that... Um, uh, I do think that it, he's not going to fall off the map to let Rory and DJ just have this thing. But those big names hovering around the leaderboard representing the kind of good and evil of where golf is headed right now, you just can't script it better. And it is a, it, we're in for what could be a really, really special, special next 24, 48 hours. Uh, I can't wait to watch some uh, some open championship today. Rooting for Rory. Uh, you know, rooting for uh, rooting for a couple other guys who are close. What do you remember? Scotty Scheffler's right there as well. Uh, so we got some big names. Cameron Smith, uh, the the Aussie. Uh, he is a guy that uh, the casual golf fans. He's the European Will Zalatoris. I mean, he is. He's a guy. I mean, Will Zalatoris and and Cameron Smith are like the same guy. They're just the the American and the and the and the and the the foreign player. Kind of fun, wacky, wild. Their games are similar, uh, and they've just both kind of collapsed in big stages where they're like, they should have major titles by now, and they don't. So uh, getting to watch him, uh, golf fans will be certainly a a lot of great storylines to watch for. So the Open right now is giving us everything we want and then some. It is weird, uh, you know, that we'll be, uh, you you don't get like 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon competitive golf. It's happening much earlier uh, as they're hours ahead, but... Heck, you know, that's uh, that's what the Open Championship's all about. All right, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. We're brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Uh, broadcasting live from our KHMO studios here in the heart of the Gem City. Uh, a lot to get to still on the show. When we come back, we're going to switch our focus to the National Football League. Uh, one of my favorite... Um, People in this industry came out with a list, and I got to be honest, as much as I love him, I got to tear apart his list a little bit. We'll get to that next. Uh, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. It's been a while since. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. Roxanne Watson is on a mission. Hello, how are you doing today? She wants more people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors. Are you an organ donor? Yes, I am. Yay! My goal is to sign up the most people in the United States. <laughs> what drives her? Roxanne's own life was saved through the gift of a heart transplant, made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day that I was going to devote myself to the cause of organ donation and signing people up and honoring my donor by doing that. Now she's back to health, and she's a powerful force, helping to save lives every day through her work. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Eight people can be helped with the major organs and up to 50 people can be helped with a little bit of everything and when you think about it that way 
that you could help that many people. It's amazing. It really is. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources, and Services Administration. I witnessed Lauren have a stroke at 30 years old. It seemed unlikely, but I knew I had to react immediately. I called 911. She recovered, and we said I do. A quick reaction can make all the difference. Learn signs of stroke. Visit strokeawareness.com. We are hometown news talk, 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. It's all about faith, family, and giving back. It's all about that no-fear powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles as well. Check them on out. Tell them Mark sent you and go to their website. We can shop the entire inventory, shopcunis.com, shopcunis.com. All right, um, we shift our focus now to the NFL and quarterback talk. Listen, people, uh, we have about a two-week window here, and then we're off and running with the NFL. Uh, coming on up in early August, I always go through, you know, you guys know this will be my uh, 4th August doing, no, wait, 2019, 2020, 2021. Uh, this will be my 4th August, that's crazy, uh, doing the show. And you always know in August I lay out for you I'll give you my prediction as far as uh, who I think is going to make the playoffs, where every team will land in their division. Uh, so that's on the horizon. That's coming on up. Uh, but I, this is a really interesting off-season topic, and it was uh, brought up by one of the people in this business that I respect the most and I follow true and true, Colin Coward. Uh, he does. I mean, his show is just terrific. He's number one for a reason, and. Um, he did something which I think is a great topic, uh, but I got to be honest, I got to tear my guy Colin apart here a bit. Uh, he gave his uh, eight quarterbacks under the most pressure heading into this season, and there are some things with this list that I just disagree with wholeheartedly. Uh, so let me give you his list. He said the eight quarterbacks under the most pressure are Russell Wilson, eight, Ryan Tannehill, number seven, Kyler Murray, six, Justin Fields, Five, Zach Wilson, four, Lamar Jackson, three, Carson Wentz, two, and Tua Tungavailoa, number one. So let me start where he got it right, and that is at number one overall, Tua and being the quarterback with the most pressure. Absolutely. Tua is is in a massive make-or-break year. Um, what did we say when we talked about Baker last week? What did I say? I said, when you get drafted as a first-round quarterback – a high first-round quarterback for a team, the team that drafted you is giving you about a three-year window to prove that you're going to be the guy that they want to then build around for the next 10 years. And if you can't prove it in that three years, then what happens? Well, what happens is you get get moved on from, you don't get your fifth-year option picked up, and you then will really struggle to have a team commit to you and build around you. That's what Baker's dealing with right now. That's what Mitch Trubisky just went through. It, 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 you see it all the time. You, you you have to win it with your first team because if you don't, it is really, really, really rare that a second team will commit to you and build around you as a long-term option. It, it, it's It's rare. 
and it's tough to do. You know, we kind of saw Tannehill get away with a little bit. I mean, Tennessee committed to him, and he's proved it. We saw Alex Smith a little bit. You know, the Chiefs committed to him, but eventually it, you know, fizzled out. We see it now, um, you know, with uh, with Baker. I think he's going to get a chance, and I explained it last week. He's going to get a chance uh, for the Panthers to see, you know, hey, we might commit to you long term. So it's a huge year for Tua. Huge, 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 huge year. You know, um, the guys in his draft class, too, they're in their year three, they're in completely different scenarios. No one is questioning Justin Herbert is the guy. And no one is questioning that Joe Burrow is the guy. So they have those situations on lock. They're getting ready to be there for the next 10 years. Tua has to show it. He's got a new coach, an offensive coach. They got him the weapons. I think you're going to see an offense a lot like we've seen in San Francisco. Run heavy, play action. Tua's going to try and carve you up. They're going to get the ball in Tyree Kill's hands in a bunch of different ways. And um, you'd like to you'd like to think that uh, he can rise to that occasion and earn himself a long term deal, uh, but he, he's the only one who can do it. He's the only one, and, and can he stay healthy? Uh, it's a huge, huge year for Tua. So Colin Coward got that right. Tua is the number one quarterback under the most pressure, in my opinion, heading into it. So the other things that uh, I didn't like about this list: number one, uh, after Tua. Would be Dak needs to be on the list in my opinion. Dak Prescott to me is a is a quarterback top five most pressure he's under this year. And you may say, Mark, what are you silly? Like he got the big deal, all this yada yada yada. But you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, so that's automatically always a bunch of pressure. You know, every day, every Monday, Skip Bayless, you're going to lead the show uh, on Sports Center on on FS1. Dallas Cowboys can get talked about because you're the biggest brand. You're the biggest quarterback. So you, you're, you automatically, there's the pressure. Number two is, can you living up to that contract now? You know what I mean? This is year two of living up to that big, big contract. I also think the problem is when you look around the NFC, as we've talked about it, it's the Rams, it's the Bucks, and the Packers, but they don't have a wide receiver core. They got Aaron. So the NFC is wide open, wide open, and so Dak, you know, Dak Prescott. This is like you got to make an NFC Championship game this year. You got to make a suit. Like if you're going to make a Super Bowl, this is the year. You have continuity with the coach. You're healthy. You got your long term deal. Zeke is old. He's, I mean, he's not getting. You're not going to get another year out of Zeke. This is probably the last year with Zeke. So, I mean, the pressure's on, in my opinion. You got Amari Cooper out of town. The Cowboys did. I don't know if Dak wanted him out, but they got him out of town. Like, I mean, this is a huge pressure year for Dak. Because if Dak, with the weak NFC East, where the Eagles are the second best team, but they're really only a playoff team because they're in the NFC. I mean. The Giants are rebuilding. The Commanders are a Carson Wentz mess. We'll get to him in a second. And so I, I, I just don't know how you don't include Dak Prescott on this list. This is a massive year for the Cowboys. And I'm putting the pressure on them right now. The Cowboys, if they don't win that division and they don't make at least an NFC Championship game, hugely disappointing. 
Hugely disappointing. The NFC is so weak right now. Now, I will say that for the Packers, the Bucks, and the Rams as well. You have four teams in the NFC. Two of them are going to have massively disappointing years. Because there's really only four teams in the NFC to really uh, hang your hat on as far as possible Super Bowl contenders. Now, that's where we stand today. By week five, six, seven, we may we may have a different storyline. One of these teams, uh, a Vikings, um, maybe a, a Niners, a Cardinals, could really surprise us and be like, no, 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 they're going to be world beaters. Cardinals probably in that fringe is that fifth team, but... If the Cardinals don't make an NFC Championship game, I won't. As of this morning, I don't feel like there's that big of, you know, that won't be the most disappointing thing in the world. If the Cardinals like miss the playoffs, that would be a disaster, disaster. But for the Cowboys, you made the playoffs. You have a healthy Dak. You have the contract. You have the roster that you know that you you believe in, and you're in a, a weak, weak division in the weaker conference. So if you're not making an NFC Championship game and you're Dak Prescott, it's a massive pressure year. And there's a pressure of being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. So I think it's a huge mistake that Coward doesn't have Dak in uh, the top five, let alone in the top eight. Um, The other thing I have a huge problem with is Lamar Jackson. I would swap Lamar Jackson off the list and put Dak on the list. Lamar doesn't have – the pressure Lamar faces is what? Stay healthy? I mean – Lamar is an MVP. He's made of the playoffs. Every year he's healthy. Last year was a, it is a, a massive. Like they were like a you know a morgue last year with the Ravens. They just fell apart. Um, there is some pressure because the division is better, and in the AFC there is pressure on all the top quarterbacks because again, like I've said, there are seven slots for the playoffs in the AFC. And there are nine really good playoff caliber quarterbacks in the AFC. So two of them aren't going to make it. So, yeah, there's the pressure to make the playoffs. But I, I think Lamar is – I think there's not a ton of pressure. I think they're set for a bounce back here. He's healthy. I mean, yeah, he's he wants to work his contract, get his money. Um, so I would argue, yeah, you know, maybe Lamar, you could have him floating around that seven or eight range on this list. But for him to be number three and for Dak to be on the list, I think it's just silly. Lamar's an MVP. Lamar, on, excuse me, on the open market, I mean, there's a bidding war for Lamar Jackson. More so than Dak, in my opinion. Uh, and Lamar hasn't got his money yet. So, like, Dak, the, the money's there. So the pressure is you need to perform. Lamar hasn't got the contract yet. So I, I think there's a little bit more freedom in the sense it's like um, it's self-pressure in anything. You know, he wants to perform. He wants to earn that big, big deal. And I, I think he's poised to have a really big year. Now, I'm a, I'm a high, I'm a bigger Lamar Jackson fan, I think, than most of the national sports media. Not that I'm national sports media, but I, I, I'm high in Lamar. So I think that that's a mistake for him to be so high. Um, the other thing is, I will say Wentz and uh, and uh, Baker. If you have Wentz too, I think it's a little high because I think Wentz there's low expectations at this point in time. The pressure on Wentz is if it doesn't go well, I mean his career is just over. And so Wentz and Baker are in that same situation. So if you have Wentz too, I would say you should have Baker around that because they're in the exact same situation. 
if this year doesn't go really well, your your careers are over. Because Wentz and Baker aren't backup quarterbacks. You don't bring them in to be backups. They're too big of names, too big of like just media controversy around them in the sense that they'll, they'll, the headlines and the questions, it's too big. So if you're going to have Wentz too, which I think that's too high, because the pressure on Wentz, I think he should be on the list, but again, he's lower on the list. The, the pressure is just on, listen, the commanders took a flyer because they didn't like anything else in the quarterback market. And, and the pressure is literally just, okay, Carson, if if you don't take this team to the playoffs, then your career is just kind of over. And what's the pressure on that? I mean, we've moved on as an NFL fan base from like, a year ago we talked a ton of Wentz because it was exciting. He got his chance in Indy. And it was that, will it, won't it work? We all saw that, yeah, Carson had a nice year, but in the biggest moments, he just was a he was a bumbling mess and fell apart. And so it, it kind of set up for like, you know, I'm not going to spend a, a ton of time wasting breath on Carson Wentz this year. And the same with Baker. Baker was a really fascinating storyline last year. For Baker this year, it's no, all right, good luck. You have a chance to... Save your career or not, and uh, and if not, that's okay. We'll, we have plenty of other storylines to talk about, and there's going to be plenty of other openings for new quarterbacks. But both of them have an opportunity, though, to win the right to kind of Ryan Tannehill, where it's like, all right, we'll send you to a three-year deal, and we'll, we'll build around you for a couple of years. Let's see what we can do. So it is big for them personally, but as far as pressure and NFL and standards, I think it's a, a little high. Um, finally... Fields and Wilson being four and five seems high to me. And if you have Fields and Wilson at four and five, then Trey Lance also needs to be on this list. And they need to be about, they, they could share maybe the fifth spot altogether. Listen, and, and I think you have to throw Lawrence on that list as well. There's always pressure on the second year guys, right? Because you, you, you remove the rookie shine, and now you say, all right, I need to start seeing production. This Year two is huge because we just said year three is where you have the most pressure. Tua is in the, the right spot, number one on this, because it's year three pressure. Now, he's not joined by his year three classmates because they've earned it because they had great year twos. You know, Herbert had an amazing year one. Uh, Burrow had an ungodly year two in leading the Bengals to a Super Bowl. So they're set. So now Fields, Wilson, Lawrence, and Lance didn't have great year ones. So now they all need big year twos. I agree, there's pressure. And and yeah, Coward's point was, hey, Wilson and and, and Fields are in the big markets in Chicago and New York where they care about football more than they do in San Francisco in that market, even though it's a big market. Uh, and I agree. I agree, it's huge markets. But I do think... There is more pressure on Wilson because it's a it's a it's continuity. It's the same coaching staff. For Fields, it's a little less pressure because he'll have media backing. First off, the Chicago media is more desperate for the quarterback to love him and want it to work. Um, I mean, it took gosh, it took three years for the media to turn on Trubisky. We want the quarterback so bad to work in Chicago and this Bears fan so. I'm fully prepared. Unless Fields is a disaster this year, I'm fully prepared to be like, no, 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 I have high confidence. He's got to get year three, and he got to give him his third year, second year in the system. So I, I think Fields is poised for a, a really nice year and a confidence-building year that's like, all right, year three, ready to ready to take off. 
Wilson, I agree there's more pressure because I think, personally, Wilson, the thing that everyone's like, oh, Zach Wilson could be really special, is that it's like, dude, this dude is crazy accurate, and he's so shifty. And what we saw from Wilson last year was his athleticism wasn't as impressive as we hoped it would be, and his accuracy wasn't what it needs to be for an undersized guy like him to be elite at the NFL level. So I, I think there is a little more pressure on Wilson to to match it because Fields will always have the fallback of like, well, the dude's a freak, and he is a freak. Like size, speed, uh, mobility, all better than Zach Wilson. And for Trey Lance, I think there's probably more pressure on him than Wilson or Fields because he's got the win-now roster and the win-now coach. We know Shanahan's a great coach. We don't know if and is a great coach. And we and we don't know if uh, um, his name's slipping my head. Uh, the Jets head coach, you know, in his second year, Robert Sala is a, is a great coach. That's still up in the air. We know Shanahan can coach football. And we know that John Lynch built a great roster that's ready to win now. They won in Green Bay last year. So, you know, and I get it. You're going to be like, well, Trey Lance is the the rawest of all the prospects. But, yeah, once you have a year under your belt, I get, you know, you got to – training wheels are off. And I'm going to be I – am, I am fully prepared as a analyst of football and as a, as a fan to be really, really hard – and really, really tough on fields this year, on Lance, on Wilson, and on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Lawrence is in that in that group as well, where I'm ready to turn up the heat on all of them. you got to have step-up years. For Lawrence and Fields, I'm really excited because they have the new coaching staffs, which I think are both um, better fits for their organizations and what their organizations need. I don't love that Fields has a defensive head coach, but historically I think the Bears as a franchise feel more correct with a defensive head coach. Um, Eberflus is a guy that I think is a modern defensive head coach. It's not like we just ran back an old John Fox again, so I think there's excitement there. Uh, and we've seen with Sean McDermott it can work if the quarterback hits and your offensive coordinator is right, which is another underrated storyline. Don't people, Don't forget that Josh Allen lost his lost his guy in Brian Dable. Like, their offensive coordinator is gone. And that's a defensive coaching staff. So that's a huge underrated storyline this year. Josh Allen's talented enough, I think, to overcome all that. But don't sleep on that storyline. I, and, I, and again, I think the Bears did the right thing in hiring the offensive coaching staff they did for fields. And so I, I think there's a lot to be excited about. But again, the, 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 if you're going to put... If Coward, if you're going to put Fields and Wilson at four and five, Lance and and uh, Lawrence have to be there on that list as well. And I would just group them all together in one kind of spot as the second year guys. You know, Tannehill. I think Russell Wilson should be higher on the list um, because we've seen the last two years the guy who gets the trade, Stafford, Brady, they go to the Super Bowl. And so for Wilson, you know, he gets his offensive coach, he gets his weapons, he gets his move, his new scenery. Um, I don't think it's Super Bowl or bust for Denver, but, I mean, listen, if Denver is struggling to make the playoffs, I think we all will look at that and be like, ooh, 
especially if Russell's not playing well. If Russell's playing great and they just have huge lapses on defense or or injuries or something, uh, you you could I you know I'm not going to be too difficult. The quarterback can't control everything, but you know. It's, I think, a huge year for Russell Wilson, and there's a lot of pressure coming with it. And I think he'll handle it, which is maybe why Coward has him lower on the list. Kyler, I think, should be a little higher on the list as well, because uh, Kyler is in that, like, the contract situation, and I also think they've surrounded him with so much talent. Uh, and the NFC's weak. Listen, when you're in that fringe of the top, as I said with Dak, the NFC, the pressure's on, because you're not going to get a better window to win in the NFC than you are this year. Uh there you go. Uh, that is Hesman headline number two. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai. When we come back, we're talking NBA. Uh, Aiton with the Suns and Donovan Mitchell. I, this, I, I'm confused what's going on with Don, Donovan Mitchell. I'm confused. Uh, we'll get to all that next. We're live and local on America's News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We learn to endure the heat in silence. We apply what we learn to life, the bills, the job, the family, things we're expected to handle with ease. When life heats up around us, we just try to stay afloat. We let the water boil. Reaching out isn't easy, but you've never been interested in easy. You join because you are not afraid of hard work. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split-second moment in time, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. And that's why when others look away, Susan G. Komen leans in. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. Fighting breast cancer takes funding for research to discover the next new treatment, providing access to quality and affordable health care, and people willing to take action by raising funds and raising their voice to advocate for others. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. Veterans face treacherous situations filled with peril while serving our country. Many veterans come home physically injured, suffering from PTSD, have traumatic brain injuries, or other ailments. At an unprecedented time in history, our most vulnerable veterans are isolated at hospitals and their homes. Imagine having to shelter in place forever. Over the past year, Help Heal Veterans has sent nearly a half million therapy kits to isolated veterans and active military. Help Heal Veterans, with the support of citizens like you, creates, manufactures, and distributes therapeutic art and crafts projects for our veterans and military, making things better together. Join us in supporting an isolated or sick veteran and help them through this desperate time. To learn more, visit HealVets.org 
This message is furnished by Help Heal Veterans, a not-for-profit organization that has been helping veterans for 50 years. HealVets.org. Every second counts in a poison emergency. That's why Poison Help is standing by 24-7 to provide free assistance in over 100 languages. Save Poison Help as a contact in your phone today. Poison Help. 1-800-222-1222. It's been a while since the G forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. Overcast today with a chance for isolated storms. High of 90. Winds out of the northwest, 5 to 10 miles per hour. Isolated thunderstorms again. Tonight, 71. Cloudy. Scattered thunderstorms likely. Tomorrow, high of 82. Right now, 82. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO. And the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. ShopCunis.com is their website that you should check on out because it's their network of dealers website. So, you may uh, be sitting there saying, you're like, well, Mark, I got to be honest, I'm looking for this type of brand of car. It's not a, maybe a Honda or Hyundai. Don't worry about it. Shop the network of dealers. They can bring that car into their Quincy location. Check it out for you. Uh, it's really special what they're doing over there. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. You can stop in and shop online at the dealership there and start making the deal. Uh, tell them Mark sent you. And, of course, they got a full lot of great new and used inventory at their Honda and Hyundai dealer here in Quincy. Uh, we move on now to the NBA and some, um, let's start with DeAndre Ayton because that's the real news. So the the Pacers make a play for Ayton. I think that's smart for the Pacers. Um, you know, listen, in the Eastern Conference, he's a guy you can build around. You need size in the Eastern Conference because of Giannis and the Bucks. Uh, and so if you're looking to compete at all, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I thought the Bulls and Ayton made a little sense. You need you need some bodies to be able to throw and to be able to play in the paint and, and to guard Giannis on the wing and, and have to deal with him down low. Um, so it made sense. It makes sense why teams are trying to get Aiton out of the West and into the East. Um, but the Suns match the offer, and I think it's smart because the Suns – listen, the NBA is in this weird moment right now where I could sit here as we, as we sit here today in July – and the NBA season, you know, just started in October. And you can tell me there's – I don't know if there's a clear-cut favorite. This isn't like, you know, the last decade and a half where you had Kevin Durant and the Warriors. So it's like, all right, well, it's going to be the Warriors. And, you know, it's probably Len, LeBron and the Cat. Like, yeah, the Warriors, I think, are really good. There's no reason why they can't win it again. But they didn't play the Suns. And the Suns, healthy – are still really, really good. There's no reason why they couldn't beat the Warriors. Denver is getting Murray back with Jokic, uh, Michael Porter Jr. healthy. Like th- that, that Denver team is legit. Yeah, I think so. You got those three teams. I don't count out the Lakers. The Clippers have a healthy Kawhi Leonard now. Uh, so don't count them out. Like all of a sudden, you're like, the West has four teams that you're like, oh no. And then obviously Luka, who's, you know, maybe, uh, rising into, a top three player maybe in the league right now where you're like, all right, you got five or six maybe teams in the West. You're like, all those teams could be playing in a Western Conference Finals. And and so for the Suns, if you're in that mix, letting Aiton walk and not getting anything for him, I just think you just can't do it. Aiton is a guy you can sign him to that big deal and you'll be able to trade him if you're not happy with him in a year. Or who knows, bring him in. Aiton can veto any trade over the next course of the year because the way this deal works. The NBA is unique in that way. 
Uh, and you run it back one more time with this core group, Chris Paul at the very end of his career, prime Booker and Aiton in his prime, and you're like, all right, let's run it back and let's see what happens. And if it and if again it fizzles out and you feel like it's a chemistry thing with Aiton and, and Booker, whoever it may be, then you just you can uh, Aiton will be a valuable piece to trade. That contract will be tradable, and people will want him, especially in the in the Eastern Conference, a Detroit, an Indiana, a Chicago, uh, heck, uh, you know, uh, depending on where Miami's at. Like, there's going to be teams that will take Aiton off the Suns' hands if it doesn't work. So I think it was smart of the Suns to lock him up, run it back one more time, keep your hats in that ring. You know, the Western Conference, and this is, again, before a KD, a Donovan Mitchell trade, as of right now, I think there's five teams in the West that all are fighting for two really, uh, all capable of being in those final two spots in the Western Conference Finals. Um and now let's talk about, to me, the little bit of the elephant in the room, Donovan Mitchell. The reason I think now we're getting some radio silence on KD and Kyrie is because as soon as Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz are like, no, 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 we'll take calls to Donovan Mitchell, I don't know why more teams aren't calling. I'm really confused. Now, I get it. Maybe the Jazz are saying, forget you, Western Conference teams. We're not trading him within the Western Conference. And maybe that's fair. Say, I'm, we're not trading within the Western Conference. Because all of a sudden, you start putting him on, like, the Blazers, him and Dame. I mean, he is a large step above, above C.J. McCollum. Like, him and Dame, holy crap. You move him, you get him on the Lakers, you get him on the Clippers, you get him on the Mavericks, you get him on uh, the Nuggets with Jokic. You get, I mean, like, all of a sudden, you... you you move him around the Western Conference, and it's and and I get why the Jazz are like, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. What's up, Andy? Uh, so I get it. I totally get it. But in the Eastern Conference, I I I understand why the Knicks are trying their best to get Donovan Mitchell. I am confused why more teams are not all in on the Donovan Mitchell thing. Like if you're the Wizards, you're the Pacers, you're one of those teams that are kind of in that stuck in that. Are we rebuilding? Are we not. Go get him. He is a star. He's a stud. He's a stud. And, I mean, like the Bulls, I I don't get why more teams are not involved. The Heat, the Celtics, you're telling me you wouldn't give up Jalen Brown and a bunch of draft picks? He is an upgrade over Jalen Brown. You got Tatum and Mitchell with Robert Williams and, 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 you know, all of a sudden, and Marcus Smart, that's an NBA championship team. So I don't get why more teams aren't calling. And now I think for KD and Kyrie, they're stuck right now. I think the market is stuck until Donovan Mitchell gets moved if he if he gets moved. So that's the thing to look out for. And I, and I think more teams should be in on the Donovan Mitchell move. Last quick break. When we come back, we have a couple MLB topics to wrap up the show. We're live and local. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO. My friend and I are taking a Eleanor's diagnosis is acute myeloid leukemia. This is a St. Jude moment. Immediately when we got here, we you get a nurse that walks around with you like for the first three days you're here to kind of give you the lay of the land and where to go. They know you're already drowning from the news that you're getting and why you're here. So they don't want you to have to figure stuff out by yourself. I know like you're here and you're not supposed to be happy or you're not supposed to smile, but it's hard not to when there's 
this giant community of strangers all working towards one goal. It doesn't matter where they come from, it doesn't matter what they believe, they are all fighting to end childhood cancer, and I think that's something that should be celebrated. Finding Cures, Saving Children. Learn more at stjude.org. I'm Dr. Michael Norrell with the African American Wellness Project. While you need to be concerned about the risk of coronavirus, especially in the African American community, don't forget to schedule your regular doctor visits, especially if you've got a chronic disease like asthma, diabetes, heart disease, or cancer. And remember, if you're going out, wear your mask and keep a social distance. And try telehealth visits. For more information on what tests you need at any age, visit our website at aawellnessproject.org. KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On The Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Check them on out, CunisQuincy.com, ShopCunis.com, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. It's all about faith, family, and giving back. Tell them Mark sent you. Three minutes left of the show here, and I want to talk baseball. Baseball, Ray. Um, MLB, I love what they're doing with this historic exception to the All-Star Game. Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera making the All-Star Game. I, I think it's terrific. Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols are two of only, uh, there's three players in MLB history with 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, and 600 doubles. It's them and Hank Aaron. Um, I also love that Pujols is in the, um, and Pujols is in the home run derby. I think that's a ton of fun. I think it's a great storyline. A lot of fun. Uh, so I, I, you know what? I, I think it's, uh, the MLB needs more of this, more fun. More just, hey, MLB is a game about history. It, it's all about history. So when you have two of the greatest of all time in this very, very last twinkle of their career, I love that they're getting a chance to honor them and uh, Poulos will have a little fun at Home Run Derby. I think it's great. And hopefully, it, I hope Poulos gets to 700 because I think it's a great storyline. So maybe this will kind of jumpstart Poulos' bat playing in the Home Run Derby. Um, finally... I think baseball and the MLB heading into All-Star break, listen, baseball's got to be thrilled about where they're at right now heading into the All-Star break. Your two New York teams are the best teams in baseball. And you have the Braves are are, are up there, you know, big market Atlanta, big market Houston is up there. Uh, The Dodgers, obviously, in L.A., so I, I think if you're baseball, you're you're really happy. I, I think you wish the Cubs and the Sox were better. The White Sox should be. I mean, the White Sox are probably the biggest disappointment in all of baseball right now, and La Russa needs to be. I mean, listen, it's funny. White Sox fans don't need to hear me say this because they're they're Bulls fans too. We know what it's dealing like with the Reinsdorfs. Like you just this is just that's Chicago sports, man. It all starts at that. If you don't think owners matter, that's look at the White Sox. If you don't think owners matter. And the decisions that owners make, look at the Chicago White Sox. Tony La Russa is, is just, it's a mess. And they're the biggest disappointment uh, in baseball. Uh, thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning, guys. I always really appreciate it. Uh, this was episode 144 of On the Mark. The podcast will be up soon, and I'll get it on the Facebook page for you later today. Go enjoy some golf. Root for Rory. Root for DJ, because that will be special if it breaks down that way tomorrow. Uh, enjoy it, and I will see you next Saturday. As always, follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespin. Thank you for following the show on the Mark KHMO on Facebook. If you're listening on the terrestrial radio, enjoy this gorgeous weekend in the tri-states, and I will see you uh, Monday morning on the, on uh, Mornings of Market Sam. Looking good, Mr.